Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for listening to the best Houston sports podcast. Robert alongside co-host Stephen Kerr. And Stephen, you know, we didn't even discuss the potential of Verlander going in game four, partly because I just didn't think the Astros would panic like that. I have a feeling you're going to disagree with me on this, but I thought this was a total panic move that wasn't smart. And it's not like 2020 hindsight. I promise you guys, I promise the audience, uh, I'm honest here. I, I did not like Verlander going. This was something that I thought as soon as it happened yesterday, after we finished the podcast, that I just didn't like it. Well, you're looking like a genius right now because it didn't work. I mean, uh, clearly <laughs> Verlander was fatigued. And you could see it from the first inning on. I mean, he just threw – his location was off. His He was elevating pitches. I I mean, I, I, I just – in my view, I would rather – if I'm going to lose game four, I'd rather lose it trying to win it with my best than just throwing someone like Urquidy or whomever out there. But, you know, at the end of the day, the Astros still lost, and they have to come back and win game five at Minute Maid Park – with Garrett Cole going, but that kind of puts you in a bind moving forward if they get to the ALCS. But yeah, I don't know if it's, you know, call it a panic move, call it just not wanting to let this one get away, but it clearly didn't work. All right. Let me address the whole panic move and why I think it was a panic move and, and why, you know, I know people out there and I saw them on Twitter. I know you guys might be listening to this too and going, you know, what What are you talking about? It would have been throwing Jose Arquiti out there. All right, let, let, let's look at this. Uh, if, if if you lose this game with Verlander, like you did, because he didn't pitch well, you have Verlander that you're trying to win a World Series with, that you want him to be good in the AL, ALCS and the World Series. If your goal going to the playoffs is to win the World Series, then you don't want to screw up Verlander and, ha- and have him have a bad start. And here's the deal. You know, they've done a lot of studies on this with short rest. In other words, three days off. It's not been good, especially in this era where guys just aren't used to it. They're not used to going to longer innings. They're not used to going on three days rest. Everybody gets four and usually five days rest during the season. But from 2000 to 2013, this is the most recent article I saw on it. Pitchers with three days rest. And we're, if you're talking playoffs, you're talking about aces you're talking about the best of the staff they've got a 4.80 era with a 1.42 whip there is a long history of this not working that's that's my number one problem with this and that's bigger than anything because you know if verlander you know doesn't win he doesn't win number one number two you don't have uh him having that rhythm that he was under all through the season going into the rest of these games. We don't know if he can pick it up again. You don't know if you've screwed up, you know, his arm and, and if he's going to be able to get that accuracy back. I mean, everything was going right for him. Number two, uh, the other reason you want you want to hold Verlander back is because in game five, if you go to a game five, you got Verlander and Garrett Cole. You've got two holsters in, you know, you got two bullets in your holster now and you figure there's no way with going Verlander for six innings on full day's rest and or seven innings and having Garrett Cole as his backup. There's no way that you think you could lose that game because both guys would have had tons of rest for that game. 
So that's my problem with this, Stephen. It, it, now you're going into game five, and the weight of the world is on Garrett Cole because when this thing failed, which I knew it would, you've used tons of your bullpen over the last couple of days, so they're not well-rested. We didn't trust them that much to begin with. So even if Garrett Cole gets through seven innings, okay, it's Will Harris and who? You trust Roberto Osuna, who couldn't even get in this game when everything was blowing up, and you would have thought Hinch would have said, "Oh, let's just get him back on his horse a little bit and give him an inning." And, and it was it was like Hinch didn't even trust him to keep the game close. Well, just to reinforce your history, I can go back further than uh, than you as far as three days rest since the wild card era in 1995. Uh, pitchers are a combined 30 and 44 with a 4.58 ERA. So, you know, that that just adds even more reinforcement to what you're saying. But, you know, even so, as poorly as Verlander pitched, the Astros were still in a position to win if the offense could have gotten it going. And, you know, if, if the offense had gotten the timely hits that they usually get, you know, they, they were only down four to one going into the ninth inning. The way the offense has, has played most of the season, believe it or not, the Astros were still in a position to win the game even as poorly as Verlander pitched. But as you said, the the long-term effects of this could affect them in Game 5 and them not getting to the ALCS at all. Yeah, that's my fear. It's a ripple effect. And here's the other thing that probably nobody thought about going into this, Stephen, is that if Verlander goes in there and he fails, now you've given Tampa Bay confidence. They're like, hey, we just beat up their ace. We can beat up Cole next. I mean, you give a team confidence in the playoffs – that's all they need. Possibly. But, you know, I, I guess really, Robert, this should come as no surprise. I mean, what a difference two games makes. We knew that the Astros had trouble at Tropicana Field. They are 9-20 and 20 at Tropicana Field after tonight's loss. But since 2017, in the postseason, the Astros are poor on the road, 5-10, and 10, but they're 12-4 and four at home. So I guess the silver lining of this is, yeah, it's on Garrett Cole's shoulders, but they're coming back to Minute Maid Park where they've been almost unbeatable even in the postseason the last few years. So I guess we, we just have to take what we can take from this and and just hope that that will carry them, that the Game 5 is at Minute Maid Park. You do have Garrett Cole going, but the Astros' bats clearly need to get going or it doesn't matter who's out there pitching. Guess what this also does? Even if you get through this game, uh, Verlander... You going to pitch him on Saturday against the Yankees? I don't think so. Well, that's just it. He'd be coming off three days rest again. You know, that was the other thing I did think about before the game is that he pitches on Tuesday night. And if the Astros win game five on Thursday, they will start against the Yankees on Saturday. So you're asking Verlander to come back on three days rest twice in a row. Well, you have Garrett Cole pitching on Thursday, so you certainly can't use him on Saturday. So then the question becomes, who is your game one starter in the ALCS? Yeah, you're stuck with Zach Granke, and Zach Granke's going to be pitching two of your first five games in the ALCS against the Yankees. And by the way, that second game he's going to be pitching uh, will be on the road at Yankee Stadium, which uh, yours truly made the point that his ERA at Yankee Stadium is over 11 in his career. Well, I mean, then maybe that's why he needs to pitch game one at home, because he, at least he won't be at Yankee Stadium at the first part. So, <laughs> you know, I don't know. We're we're trying to look for some kind of optimism and silver lining here somewhere. But 
Uh, yeah, they're clearly in a quandary after game four and Justin Verlander not being able to get it done. Yeah, just a couple of interesting notes here. Verlander's 32 pitches in the first inning is the most he's thrown in a first since 2017. He allowed four batted balls with a 100-plus mile-per-hour exit velocity in the first inning, all base hits. That's tied for the most he's allowed in any inning tracked by StatCast since 2015, including postseason. And he's only done that in an entire game twice before, uh, or I, I, I'm sorry, in, in it, before in his career twice and not since 2017. So, I mean, you know, this was one of his worst outings that maybe in the course of his career. Uh, and uh, he just, he was throwing, as the broadcasters pointed out, uh, and, and as the graphics pointed out, he just, he had no control over his pitches and and they pointed out that his velocity was fine, maybe a little bit high. So, you know, they, he could have just been trying to uh, maybe overthrow a little bit early in the game. Yeah. When it comes to fatigue, you usually look for location and command and uh, clearly he didn't have it. I mean, he, he threw 84 pitches in three and two thirds innings. That's a lot. And he expended himself a lot too. So, you know, it's not even just the amount of pitches you throw sometimes. It's the amount of energy that you put into the game. You know, Garrett Cole, even though he's he's coming off of four days rest, he threw a lot of pitches in game two, and he really expended himself, especially in that eighth inning. So even with him coming back on normal four days rest, you kind of wonder, how much does he have left in the tank for game five? You know, the concern, obviously, is the bullpen. I mean, let me try to throw in a silver lining here. Uh, did you feel like between... Urquidy and Presley and Joe Smith, that some of those guys who really needed some postseason confidence, maybe especially Presley uh, and Urquidy, you know, obviously Urquidy's never pitched before in a postseason. He's a rookie. Presley's somebody that's been trying to kind of find himself since the injury. Is, is that a good thing that these guys came out and pitched well against the Rays for an inning, even yeah. though, you know, maybe the Rays weren't as focused as they would have been up by four runs? Yeah, I would say so, you know, especially in Urquidy's case, because he hasn't pitched in, what, over a week and a half. So you could see that he had a little rust and he had some traffic, some runners on base, but he was able to get out of it. I mean, they didn't totally unload on him. He didn't fall apart and he looks pretty poised out there. So, yeah, I would say that the fact that Urquidy was at least finally getting, able to get into a game in a situation where he, he wasn't in a pressure, he was just trying to hold the line so that hopefully the offense could come back, which they didn't. But, uh, yeah, uh, Presley got in. He needed a confidence builder. Yeah, he had a little traffic, too, but he got out of it. And uh, Joe Smith looked good. So at least there's some encouraging signs of the bullpen. And you do have arrested Roberto Osuna. The question is, is that going to matter if he has to pitch in Game 5? There's going to be some nerves on edge if that happens when you're up by one or two runs in Game 5. Looking at the lineup, George Springer finally got a couple of hits. That was a good sign, but, you know, he didn't drive the ball, you know, out of the ballpark or get, you know, you, you need George Springer, you know, with a, a home run or a double, you need the power from him a little bit. Altuve with another hit. He's been fine. You know, his OPS in the series is over 1100. There's nothing to argue with what he's done. Bregman was one for four. He's his OPS is also over 1100. If you look in the playoffs, uh, Jordan Alvarez, his OPS is closing in on 1,000. He's getting some hits here and there, 
But in that last at bat, it's what I've really not liked about Jordan the last month or so of the season, Stephen. He's going outside of the strike zone. He had a great command of the strike zone we saw uh, when he came up, and, and, and that's what made him so special. He's starting to not have that command of the strike zone. And basically, uh, Blake Snell threw four pitches to Jordan Alvarez, and three of them weren't in the strike zone. Yeah, in fact, uh, the one he struck out on was a pitch in the dirt. Yeah. It wasn't even close. So, and, and I think, yeah, we pointed that out on this podcast uh, on previous occasions, how it just seems in the last few weeks, his patience at the plate, it was so good. When he first came up, the first several months, really, up until I'd say the last couple weeks of the season, his patience at the plate was just phenomenal for a young guy. And then all of a sudden, it seemed like in the Angels series, final series of the of the uh, season, he just suddenly started losing patience at the plate. Now he's done pretty well in the in the postseason, but boy, they when they could have uh, the big hits, the big bang hits, that was a perfect time to get one. And there were other opportunities where the Astros just aren't getting what I guess you could call the big bang hits, the timely hits that can really get the spark to get them going. All right, I'm going to say something that we might never have thought we would say when this series started. Is there any way you would think about putting Kyle Tucker not in for Josh Reddick in game five, but for Michael Brantley? He looks lost. Well, it's not really that far-fetched. I I mean, he struck out more than he usually does. He, He clearly isn't getting his back going. You know, I think a lot of it will depend on the matchups, but you know, you you tried him the other night, you know, for Reddick, and didn't quite work. But boy, Brantley, I, I just I'm amazed. And and this this started even before the postseason got here. Uh, he along with Alvarez, they were both kind of in a slump at about the same time. Alvarez has kind of come out of his, but Brantley clearly has not. Didn't Tucker got a hit in that first game in the game that he he did played. get one hit. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's hey. Right now, that looks great. You know, you want Brantley to get ahead in a game, right? <laughs> yeah, you certainly do. And, I mean, if, if Springer can get going and Brantley can get going, that that really could make all the difference. I mean, you've, you've called Springer really the, the straw that stirs the drink, and that's true. But Brantley's consistent hitting, which has been so good all year long, if they can both of them get going, I think that's just enough of the spark that the Astros need. You know, if you have someone like Garrett Cole who can give you a good outing, you know, two, three, four runs might be enough. The problem is when you get a lot of these other pitchers out there, whether it's Miley or Grinky or whomever, two or three runs a game is not going to cut it for you in the postseason, no matter who you're playing. And let's give credit to the Rays. I mean, you even said it, Robert. They were the team that you least wanted the Astros to face. I had them a pretty close second to the A's. I mean, I didn't want to face either one of them, but they clearly are who they are. And they didn't win 96, 97 games for nothing. They they work the counts. And that's what they've clearly been doing is working the Astros pitchers counts. And they are a scrappy team. And they've even hit some home runs, which, uh, you know, they're, they're more of a kind of a small ball, you know, scrappy team. But they've been hitting some homers, especially in these last two games. If you look at game five, correct me if I'm wrong, but I would assume Glasnow is going to get the start. And then... You know, their bullpen's been fantastic, but that Castillo, he sticks out like a sore thumb. You got him later in the game to go to. And, oh, by the way, FYI, ready in the bullpen 
in this game five. Don't be surprised if we see Uncle Charlie. And and I'm scared to death because I don't know if we can hit all those guys. It's, it's, well, I don't know. I know. And it, what's so amazing is you just you keep waiting for the race bullpen to fall apart the way that Kevin Cash has relied on them time and time and time again. You know, you would think that coming into this game, using an opener. Yeah, I know the race do it, you know, quite often. That's kind of been their M.O. for a while. But basically piecemealing a pitching staff together in a game, basically using most of your bullpen, you keep waiting and waiting and waiting for it to blow up in their face, and it just hasn't. You know, if the Astros did something like that, Tampa Bay probably would have scored 12 runs. But Tampa Bay does it, and they only give up one run. It just, it's crazy. The Astros in five games have scored, let me do the math here, two, five, uh, five eight plus six is fourteen. So how many they're 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 averaging in the I mean in the four games how many are they averaging? Uh, that'd be about with three three plus runs. Four, wait four four seven. Let me do this again. Well, they won the first game six to two. Yeah, so they they've scored thirteen runs. Thirteen six runs. And three. Yeah, is nine and then one and then three. So yeah, thirteen runs in four games. So that's that's just over three runs a game. Like I said, between. Verlander and Cole, most of the time, that's going to get it done, but you've got to be better than that overall. Well, let's also remember that of those 13 runs that they scored, there was a couple of them that were unearned. That little blooper into right field that Austin Meadows like looked like he was scared to death of and didn't call off his uh, second baseman, and that, that resulted in two runs for the Astros. So I think there were two run, at least two runs from the, from the right. six-run game that were unearned, right? Right, exactly. So... Yeah, it's amazing uh, just how I, I even saw on Twitter as somebody asked the question, does this remind you of the 98 San Diego series when the offense can't hit? Well, if the Astros go on to lose game five, I'd have to say that's pretty darn close. That's the thing. I mean, I you know, I, I think I said at the last post game and it, I'm, you know, people forget this. It's when you get to the postseason, it's all about the guy that's on the mound and when you whittle down the teams that get to the postseason, the ones that get there have these guys that throw gas and have stuff and that can shut a team down. And you can be the greatest offense in the world, but good pitching typically beats good hitting most of the time. It's just like we say uh, in hockey, you get a hot goaltender in the playoffs and that's all you need sometimes. That, that's, that'll take you to winning a championship. Well, and it's certainly proving true in this series. And uh, let, let's, like I said, Tampa Bay is a is a good team, and their pitching is good. Their bullpen is really – they're probably the best in baseball. Yet, you know, they, they seem to have rubber arms out there. It was like I just said, you know, you keep waiting for this heavy use of their bullpen to blow up on them, and up until this point, it just hasn't. So you're right. Good pitching is is really what the key is in this series, especially right now with it being tied two games apiece. Okay, let's assume Glasnow gets the start. What's your lineup? Can you give me like what lineup would you go with? Do you go back to old reliable lineup with the Astros, or do you start making a, a, a couple of ch big changes? Well, I think for the most part, it's it's going to be what it is. I think the the question, the key is what you were talking about. Uh, do you keep Brantley, Brantley in there? Do you put a Tucker in there? Uh, do you keep Reddick in there? Those, those are probably the the only changes that. I would say, I mean, you're, you're certainly not going to take Springer out, Altuve, Bregman, 
uh, Guriel, Correa. You know, he's been decent with his bat, but you're, you're not going to be taking him out of the lineup. Um, might say Martin Maldonado yes. probably as much will, will, should get the start as much for his defense as anything else. Uh, but that's, that's probably where I would tinker with the lineup going into game five. Okay, so Tyler Glasnow, is, uh, you're starting off with a righty. I'm going to try to stick with uh, I'm going to try to stick with Brantley. I don't know if I want him in the three spot right now, but you definitely want to mix the, mix and match the lineup because they're going to be bringing guys in left and right. I I don't I don't know where I, I I don't know if I put him in the two spot. I don't know what you do, but that's where he was tonight. But believe yeah. it or not, I mean they they tried to kind of get him going. I think by moving him in the two spot and moving Altuve, basically flip flopping him and Altuve. Well. It didn't phase Altuve any, but it, it didn't help Brantley either. I, I would probably start with Kyle Tucker uh, over Josh Reddick because, a, as I pointed out a couple of days ago, Kyle Tucker has been much better against righties this year than Josh Reddick has. It doesn't mean you can't use Josh Reddick later in the game, but you know, to start with, I, I think I would go with Kyle Tucker. I might use Josh Reddick. You know, if it gets later in the game to go up against somebody like a Blake Snell, who, you know, having Reddick's veteran experience or something like that, you know, maybe maybe you save him. Martin Maldonado, look, he's he he's looked like, you know, the best guy as far as under pressure of all of the Astros, both hitting and fielding. So I, I don't think there's any question for me. I, I'm going with Martin Maldonado. And, you know, of course, you know, we, we remember what he did last time he had Garrett Cole. They seem to be on the same wavelength. Well, and that's that you, you saw, of course, Torinos was going to be in there because Verlander was in there. They're def, definitely a pair. And so are Cole and Torinos. So I think it is very likely you're, you're going to see Machete get another shot with Cole pitching. And, yeah, I think more of the scenario is you're going to see if you're going to see Kyle Tucker, it's going to be in place of Josh Reddick. As tempting as it is. To bench Bradley, uh, Brantley, I just don't see AJ Hens just hadn't been known to do that with a player like him. He didn't do it with Springer either, so it's probably not going to happen with Brantley. You got to have him in there for Game Five. All right, let me let me ask you this question: uh, AJ Hinch, do you feel like he's done a pretty good job with this uh, playoffs so far, or has there been some mistakes that you you're kind of left you scratching your head? I don't know. There have been a lot of glaring mistakes. I, I mean, I just think a lot of it is, as, as I said, that just they're not getting the timely hits. You know, if, if you want to question putting Verlander out in game four, that's fine. Uh, it's it's certainly a move that could be criticized and, and probably will be now that it didn't work. But other than that, I, mean, I think really it's not so much that Hinch has managed so poorly. What I really think is that Kevin Cash has just managed so well. And the way he's used his pitchers, I mean, he, he had a strategy clearly going in that if he got the lead, he was going to use at least six pitchers. Uh, that's I, I saw that, I think, while the game was going on, I saw that he had said that. So he clearly was able to stick to his game plan because things were going his way. So I don't think AJ, I don't think it's that AJ has managed poorly. I just think Cash has, has done a better job, but he, he has a better bullpen to work with, too, and up and down the line. All right, I guess this is an organization decision on Verlander, but my main thing is I don't know if there's anything else super detrimental. I, I, obviously, Hinch and Luno both 
made the decision on Miley, which, you know, we've gone over this again and again. I, I just don't agree with it. I, I would have had a Bray you. I, I don't know about whether I'd, I would do Peacock versus Rundone. I mean, I, I kind of like Peacock more, but that's a more of a coin flip. But I, to me, a, a Bray you would be there over Miley every time. My biggest issue, though, with AJ in particular, and I have to assume this is his call. I mean, you could say maybe Jeff Luno had uh, – he would have discussed it with him. But look, if Justin Verlander goes to you – this the scenario was that Justin Verlander went to him and said, look, I, I, I'm starting this game. What you do not do as a manager – is you do not listen to players tell you how great they're going to be because they're always going to tell you, I'm going to go out there and dominate. I'm going to, you know, it's like asking Alex Bregman. Well, Alex, I'm thinking about pinch hit. What do you think? Uh, Alex Bregman was going to say, what what are you talking about? I'm going to hit a home run. And he'll say that every single time. Guess what? 95% of the time, he's not going to hit a home run. But Alex Bregman does hit home runs. So you, you go, well, should I do it or should I? No, you cannot listen to players. You have to... Make that decision yourself, and I think he got suckered by Verlander into that into a really poor decision. And right now, I feel like it could cost the Astros this series because you you don't have Verlander available in Game Five. Um, you don't have the option of uh, you know if, if, if Arcidi had pitched, maybe you don't even need Verlander or Cole the rest of the series. Maybe Arcidi wins the game. I mean. Urquidy wasn't great, but he was getting guys out for the most part. You know, he didn't give up any runs. So, I mean, I just, it's one decision, but it's an awfully huge one in this one. And, you know, I mean, you still could win. But again, even if you win this game, where are you left for the Yankees series? You're left with, you're left with Verlander, who's who like, we don't know where he's going to be after all this has happened. He's then going to have to pitch on four days rest after having a terrible start. And, and, and then you've got Zach Granke, like I said, that's going to pitch two out of your first five games against the New York Yankees. Well, 99% of the time, I'd say you're right. But with Verlander, it, I mean, th- this is what the great pitchers do. The great pitchers want the ball. They, and, and, you know, Roger Clements in 2005, and I know it was a bullpen, it wasn't a start, but who would have thought that Roger Clements was going to go in and save the day after he had just pitched not long before that? It's just what the great pitchers do. Some You, you roll the dice. Sometimes you win. Sometimes you lose. Tonight, the Astros lost. They they made the decision, and it it came back to bite them, and it could very well come back to bite them, especially if they lose game five, and they don't go to the ALCS. But I, I think with, with just about anybody else, I would say you're right. But if Justin Verlander wants the ball in this kind of a situation, I would say most of the time, that's who you go to. But as we said, it, it clearly didn't work tonight. Yeah, I, I just don't think you, you listen to the emotions of players. I think it's a mistake. Well, I agree. Like I said, 99% of the time, I would agree with that. But I, I think, again, it, it depends on who you're talking about. I mean, I, I hate being the I told you so guy in this podcast, but. <laughs> but you did. You did. And and I have to hand it to you. You're right. But here's the good news, Robert. The game five, you, you did pick the Astros to win in five, did you not? That's correct. All right. So it is set up to where, see, I picked them in four. So I've run out of my bullets. So now it's your turn, buddy. Go in and save the day. Game five, Garrett Cole, Minute Maid Park. The the domino the the dominoes are all lined up for you. You have a chance to get your prediction right. 
Come on, Garrett Cole. We need another eight innings and 15 strikeouts. Go for it. <laughs> Whatever it takes, right? And get the bats going, for goodness sake. That'll help, too. I mean, they're, they're going to still have to score some runs to win the game. And, yeah, it's it's not it's not been happening. But they, they tend to score a little bit more at Minute Maid Park. They're at, they've been incredible at home. It's like the most home games they've ever won in a, a season, right? That's it. That's right. Well, we will do this again pretty soon. Um, probably this, I don't know when I'm going to be putting this, this one out. Cause I, unfortunately I actually have to work Thursday night. So I'm going to be recording the game, potentially uh, look for it on, on Friday sometime, but uh, we will definitely have a post game after this next one. And, Hopefully it's not the last post game of the Astros season, Stephen. Oh, that would be depressing. Too depressing to even think about. We will talk to you guys again soon. Have a great one. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Don't forget to follow Houston Sports Talk on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, the Google Podcast app, or the Stitcher app. You can support us by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or by telling your friends about us Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening.